0: from the home offices of ash and flow this is unbillable hours a podcast about professional services marketing stick around and listen to our insights tips and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career
1: Welcome to this new episode of the Underlaws podcast. I yeah. don't know if you knew you were on this. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Uh, I mean,
0: let's be fair. <laughs> I do think not only welcome back. Hey, summer is mostly done now. I mean, yes, we may have 3 more well, weeks. Well, Yeah, we may have 3 more weeks in September, but summer is done. You must have heard our interesting episodes. I know I missed out on the hinge one, but that was a really good one. If you guys haven't listened, check it out. Also, think they like just it. yeah. Also, just to give you guys some insight into our process, we've been discussing some really cool ideas in the background. It actually, might not be this episode because flow has got like a really good flow for this one, but you might actually see some really new content not you might you will see some really new content in a couple of weeks we want to test some things out but before we get into that
1: what are we talking about today flo we're talking about a good old friend of ours theme or topic wise thought leadership of course and because while you were away i was having to distract myself from work i dabbled in some conversations with people who were very deep into the space and for example, I had a brief chat with a friend of the show, Paul Barbagallo, uh, a couple of oh, yeah. other people. And so this topic came back up again of how do you actually measure the success of a firm's star leadership efforts, right? And I know we've spoken to this in the past. We've actually just recently touched upon measuring stuff in our predicting outcomes episode. And I still I think everything we said there still holds true. You you remember, right? We've already returned to this once, but this idea of having leading indicators having landing indicators, and then over time building a model mm-hmm. to, to connect the two. But when it comes to thought leadership, well, I had this discussion that, that, that led to this insight that if you think about it in a certain way, the function that thought leadership serves in the commercial operations of consultancy is actually very similar to that of brand advertising, right? Yeah. In, Consumer goods companies, for example. So when people talk about brand versus performance advertising, right? They talk about connecting your brand to the emotions, the memory of your of a vast part of the market, right? Not even necessarily your prospects or ideal clients, so that they might think of you sometime in the future when time comes for them to make a buying decision. That is how uh, brand advertising is often described. And then performance advertising is actually to bound to trigger a sale today, right? Yes. So brand is sort of broadly targeted more emotional not very specific performance advertising pretty much targeted to the people who are in the market right now it's very specific might be features or benefits driven because you know i want to convince you to buy my solution versus any of the other solutions you're already looking at so this is the difference. and i was thinking
0: there's a difference but before you go in float i do want to say I yeah which masterclass it was but it was basically a biz dev guy who said well he's not really a biz dev guy he's more of an yeah. author but he basically said Everything you do, business-wise, ha- is in in a has sales involved. Even thought leadership, why does brand?
1: It does. This absolutely, that is one of does. the, I, I, yeah, one I, of the I, benefits of brand advertising. Is it builds yeah. that long-term connection while also facilitating the sale in the now versus performance doesn't do the long-term connection as good. There's tons of research yeah. about you know advertising efficacy and all that stuff. We can I can put some links in the show notes to the less les Binet and the other gentleman's name I keep forgetting. Their research showed sure that very clearly, mm-hmm. but I, but my thing, or the thinking here was, and I, I want to hear from you if you buy this argument. But I think that thought leadership is to consultancy with brand advertising is to Coca Cola, right? It's very much about establishing the connection to a broad audience. We don't really care as much at that point whether it's the intern reading it at the target account or the CEO, right? As long as people read it, find it compelling, share it, and all these types of things. And it's very much designed to establish our position in their minds and to maybe help primarily with creating demand for the future. It might also help with selling something today, but I would say that is the broader idea, right? So Honestly, I drew I drew that analogy there.
0: I, my analogy would be thought leadership is a trailer to the services that is the film if you sell, if you make a really nice good trailer there nice nice then there but you
1: then you see this gets to the root of the discussion because and I spoke about this to Paul you see sometimes firms putting out thought leadership that while it fits loosely in their area of expertise yeah. is not obviously linked to their business I made when we were talking about our predicting outcomes, episode I made jokes about talking about sports business where I might have referenced innovation consultancies talking to no end about self-driving cars without ever having any service to sell that specifically relates to self-driving mm-hmm. car or having any expertise. They just talk about it from a pure, it's an innovation. So we talk about it domain. Yeah. And I always, or I was somewhat doubtful to these types of efforts, but and this is what I came to realize when talking to Paul and some others, if you see this in parallel and say, okay, it's not so much about, can I sell something today when I talk about X, right? If I have thought this yeah. about future mobility. Is it really about being able to sell something today, or is it more about creating this association with my firm and cutting-edge innovation in a certain domain, right? And if we follow this logic that it's a little bit like brand advertising, then yes, you. I like your analogy saying it's a trailer to the service. That could be it, but it can also be a bit broader, and we could say it's not just the trailer for a specific service. It's it it's to Embed ourselves in a certain, to position ourselves in a certain category of cinema, right? Even if the actual film never gets produced, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. Well, right. And I'm not saying I have the final answer there, but uh, that is, I think, it's an interesting perspective to say there might be cases where yes, it does make sense to write about self-driving cars, even if it's two or well, three steps removed from I,
0: the services you're offering. I would like position it this way: the thing about trailers is essentially it's all to build hype. It's all to build yeah. market awareness and everything before you sell the product. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why you have product teasers and product trailers as well these days. But the thing yeah. about thought leadership on the same thing is when you start putting thought lead, when you put, let's use a trailer analogy. When you put the thought leadership before you actually have a solution or service and you don't know which direction the service and solution will go, you're essentially misselling because you don't know what you're selling. Problem is sometimes people give speculative thought leadership that way, with no yeah. with nothing backing them, which is why I thought a good thought leadership needs to have some amount of research. We're not saying that you need to have heavy research, but it still needs research. And the next thing is it depends upon the timing when you put this out. If you now put out like your thought leadership, but your service is gonna come out way later, that doesn't really help the audience. Your trailer, your thought leadership should reflect the market situation for the time when your companies actually predict their models. So if a company has a five-year plan, then your thought leadership should be able to influence their five-year plan. If they have, but these days, no one has five-year plans. Everyone has like one to three-year plans because of, you know, rapidly changing markets. So your thought leadership should cover that time period because guess what? All these big transformation projects and all these other things in the professional services world, they take time. They that's... don't happen in a day. So if your thought leadership essentially just says, oh, imagine I'm building this amazingly cool thing. Everyone's like, cool. We'll, we'll look at it later because yeah. we don't care about what you're building in the future. We care, we care about if what you do right now helps us build what we want in the future. Because, yeah. your, because this is why, as we always said before, marketing and sales need to yeah. talk because sales talks to the client and that's how it works
1: yeah and i mean to maybe put a synthesis it, because i think also the the, the shelf life or the timelines might be specific or they might you know be dependent upon your specific area of expertise or the field you're in right yeah. but so i wanted to maybe continue the analogy or maybe the filling this out so if we think this is some kind of brand advertising like exercise thought we should we stick yeah. with that analogy for a little bit then i think we could say maybe pulling back a little bit from the jokes I made in previous episodes, that it can be okay to have full leadership about stuff that's not directly related to a business yet, your business, right? The commercial operations you run. If it's, and that's where your trailer thing again makes sense. If as long as it is still directly related to your area of expertise, I don't know if you agree. So if I'm not having any services to offer to people in the self-driving vehicle space, but I write thought leadership around, because I'm an, in, an innovations expert, and I write thought leadership around, let's dissect how the autonomous vehicle space is innovating. What I don't know, technology, services, whatever. Yeah. That might make sense. So so maybe you can, that's maybe, and then, it, yeah, then it becomes the trailer to my expertise, maybe not exactly my services. Because the services are specific commercial offerings, based on my expertise, it's not the same. The expertise can be broader yeah. than, than just the service, right? Okay. So so having established that so in a slightly lengthy way, sorry to the listeners, we can then say that, okay, let's stick with this brand and brand advertising analogy a little bit. We could we could also say that, okay, what then are the specific objectives we could measure? Because remember, we want to get to the measurability. And here again, I thought with this analogy in mind, it's interesting to look at what the adverti- the brand advertising guys do to sort of gauge the efficacy of their efforts they look at things and they when i say they look at they do this through research surveys focus groups and other stuff right so that's the methodology there but they look at concepts like mental availability right if i ask you if i say smartphone what are the brands that you think of and how much do you know about these brands right and i'm going to yeah. make the apple example sorry for that but it's a marketing podcast so people know a surprising number of things about Apple, if you think about it, they know where the headquarters are, they know the name of the CEO, Um, they can probably name one or two or three products, they know the name of the past CEO, blah, 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 We could go on, all things I could not do for some sort, like I personally, sorry, right now, if you were to ask. So mental availability for Apple for the brand is quite high, and then you can measure these types of things, right, to see, and that's how you might get back to our idea of leading and lagging indicators. So, and then the second thing is the brand guys look for salience, and that is, I hope I'm not describing it wrongly. Brand salience is high if, when confronted with a specific purchasing decision, I do think specifically of your brand. So, this is why I mentioned the Apple thing. If I want, if I need to buy a smartphone, how probable is it that I think of you guys first? And I would, this is where I get back to the thought leadership analogy. If I think corporate strategy, I, I don't know if it's too cheesy or too far a stretch, but you could say that names like McKinsey or Bain do come to mind, right? And so the idea for thought leadership, ultimate thought leadership success could be, well, can we push our own firm's name to that point by publishing stuff that eventually makes people think, like in my LinkedIn post I write about, Whenever your ideal buyers think about endpoint security audits, right? <laughs> Does your firm's name come to mind or not? So this is the next step down from this analogy. Is these the concept of stuff to look at? Because then we can think about frameworks for for measuring it. I, I, do you are you still following along or have I lost you uh, with the line? No,
0: no. You, I'm trying to get. To, I'm trying to see where you're getting with this. This is the reason why I'm just letting you talk for a
1: minute. <laughs> Yeah. So so if you say okay thought this is somewhat similar to brand advertising yeah. if we follow this definition then we should a definition if we follow this analogy then it should also by definition then do something similar to brand advertising which is keep our firm's name uh front and center in, in people's minds in certain contexts okay mm-hmm. That now gives us maybe things to measure and here's where we get to maybe a kind of framework so mm-hmm keeping our predicting outcomes episode framework intact to say, by saying, can we find leading indicators? I would say, okay, borrow from the brand guy's book and look at stuff, for example, like engagement metrics from social, sorry, we're, we're falling from the blue sky heights of con- conceptual stuff, right into the brutal tactical yeah. things, but yes. I could use engagement metrics as an indicator for how well my thought leadership is resonating, right? I could even go to things like email opening rates and whatnot, because I should see there are the numbers indicating that the stuff is landing, right? Are my posts being shared? Are the emails being opened by the right guys? Do we get comments, replies, and so forth? These qualitative indicators of this stuff is actually good, or it's actually thought provoking, which it should be. We could then ask, for example, practice leads, right? How well the thought leadership resonated with the people it's intended for, right? Because we don't want to just see whether it's good or not. We also want to see whether it has impact on the right conversations, quote unquote, right? The kinds of conversations we want to insert ourselves into, right? The CEO talking to her CIO or to her security people about, I don't know, endpoint security audits, whatever, right? So you could get that from asking your Account leads in the firm. You could maybe also do that by in, by interviewing prospects or clients. You could run win loss analysis. Explicitly ask about their leadership. All these types of things, right? Yeah. Um, and then you could of course, and you mentioned this, I think, in previous episodes. You could do stuff like share of voice analyses. We actually do need
0: to do share of voice analysis in these kinds of scenarios because, yeah,
1: did you want to explain how it's often how it often works? Because it's largely the same idea, right? It's measuring do we resonate in the right kinds of conversations with our stuff, but it's a bit more at scale approach, right? Than individual interviews,
0: yeah, it is. So, in terms of share of voice, you have to see where is your podcast being seen, where well, podcast, where is your thought leadership being seen? Who's sharing it? How many people have viewed it? How long are they listening to? How long are they actually reading a comment? Have they reached out based upon this? How many people from a certain specific areas? Because because Sheriff's voice in this specific old school thing was just like, where is it being shown? Yeah. And who's seeing it? But we don't need it, to just look at where is it being shown and who's seeing it. We need to see what have they've done with it. And then if we can track further, then we can see, is there a have they contacted us? From the contact, has it led to entering the sales pipeline to the point where it's become a sale? Yeah. Share of voice should connect with the whole thing. And when it comes to thought leadership... Most uh, people just stand and look like, oh yeah, we've got downloads of this, millions of downloads. Great, I can, I have downloaded lots of PDFs from various yeah. different companies that I have not freaking read. That so has not, no, you know, bearing on anything.
1: Yeah. But, but maybe for, if, if I may, for the listeners who don't know what it is or how, how it's usually being done, if you talk yeah. about share of voice analysis, what you want to do is it's similar to a market share analysis. Like you look at how much do I get versus select competitors, but instead of sales or whatever you are measuring uh, the, the room you can take up in public discourse so one way of doing those and the one way i've done those when i had media relations roles in firms you essentially agree with the business on a list of channels or publications right could be magazines could be websites whatever you know your clients read to get informed about whatever your area yeah. expertise is maybe endpoint security right so there's 10 sub risk and compliance magazines we're very interested in so those 10 we are going to do media media monitoring on we pay for that yeah. and then we also agree upon a list of competitors again maybe five six i don't know what you, you know come have it too expensive and then we just do a raw count how often does our do we does our point of view get mentioned in these outlets when these outlets are discussing endpoint security yeah. versus our competitors. And again, there's very robust research giving you thresholds that basically the proven hypothesis is that if your share of voice over an extended period of time is much higher than your current market share, what will happen is your market share will grow. And I forget the numbers. I think for every 10 percentage points difference, yeah. uh, you can grow 1% point in market share. So if you will Today's market share is twenty percent of the market. Your share, of voice is thirty percent of the market. By end of year, you could have twenty-one percent of the market. I, I might. Be well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the lose yeah, idea is correct. It's, it's like, roughly, yeah, r- roughly accurate, but yes. So, so this is a, this can be a helpful thing. I mean, obviously, it's for the more well-resourced marketing departments to do those. But I think also you can nowadays buy these fairly reasonably priced from media monitoring services. But whatever this, and like you said, this then gives us, because you spoke about uh, linking it back to, to revenue sales, this gives us the possibility to then show connections back to, okay, because we drove this number, we actually saw an increase in the sales, or we saw reductions in sales cycle or whatnot. And here we get back to our model episode again, because what we now need to do is uh, build sort of a path to purchase from people have read or seen our thought leadership to what actions did they take next, because then we can track conversion rates and make that link back to what you said, right? To the actual sale. So overall approach still the same as in our previous episode. The leading indicators bit a bit more tricky for this one. And to be clear, it will never be super watertight rocket science, because the time delay on these things is pretty darn long, right? But you can make the connection. You can link one to the other. You can. Um, And I think what's going to be really interesting is if we basically
0: look at each of our connected share of voice, connected thought leadership, we can then, you know, mediate the efficiency and efficacy of the things that you're putting out. Because one of the things that sometimes companies do is they just continuously churn thought leadership. And okay, the larger firms are now being smarter and connecting their thought leadership to a point that everything connects and works. But you still have to see, just because you connected something doesn't mean that you need to produce something. We understand that people need to sell. And what you need to do is not necessarily create new pieces and new cuts and new things like that, but put what's relevant on the main thing. Yeah. And everything else can just be for internal use because you're just going to confuse the end audience by giving them millions of documents to read and review. Yeah, But your salespeople can use some of this to explain during their presentations that this is certain specific stuff.
1: And this is one of the reasons. The point you're making there is one of the reasons why I like the share of voice metrics so much. And I do like, to be frank, that they're much easier to come by. I like the social media engage in other qualitative indicators so much because if you are to drive those up and to be clear that's what the main use of leading indicators should be for right yeah it should help you get better at your stuff it shouldn't be chase the numbers for a number's sake game yeah it really forces you to as the video gamers say, get good right because <laughs> media is only go- yeah. media is only to pick up going to pick up your stuff repeatedly and again like You'll only increase your share of voice in serious media as an expert in endpoint security. I don't know why I picked that example by the way. If you are good at your stuff and you can give the journalists what helps them to essentially mm-hmm. sell stories and increase magazine circulation, I don't know, right? So it's a share shared, a win-win yeah. shit type a deal. It really forces you to produce great stuff versus mediocre stuff to be original and so forth. So, It's one of those cases where if you pick those metrics smartly, you will, you you I'm hesitant to say guarantee, but you rapidly vastly improve your chances of success for these programs by measuring quote unquote the right things. Right. That's where I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's exactly that. You need, it's just like everything. You need to focus on the right measurements and right things. Why you try to measure everything doesn't make sense. You can keep, this goes back to a pet peeve of mine where a lot of times people who just note down metrics, not people who necessarily measure and understand them, people just note down metrics, give like a 20 page sheet and say, this is what we do in terms of reporting to like senior management or whoever. They don't have the time. They'll just need like, maybe one to two slides from it. Yeah. Everyone else who needs to deep dive or if they need to deep dive, you should have the information ready. But all the stuff that you collect needs to be insightful. It shouldn't just be data. It should be information, process yeah. data. And that's essentially how you, when you have multiple touch points, when you have multiple like thought leaderships, when you have various things, you
1: need to tell a story of putting it and so the um, one last point I wanted to add because we made we didn't make the mistake I was I deliberately didn't talk about this beforehand but because you could say we made the mistake of not saying it depends right because of course the speaking of the lagging indicators of the success metrics if you will right yeah. we talked about revenue and sales right the, the ones yeah, yeah. you have in your firearm firm might be different if for example you're entering a news sector or you're trying to enter a new market, mm-hmm. your game might be about creating awareness first, right? So then your lagging metrics might be different. You and I both worked at places where thought leadership was explicitly connected to brand strength and the yep. North star metrics were about brand value, like in US dollars, like oh. you could measure it using certain specific vendors or systems, right? For converting yep. brand, brand equity into dollar value. So there, there might be different elements out there. However, that said, I think ultimately, this is just my perspective, but ultimately we do want to connect even these things back to revenue because, well, why else? That's why you're in business, right? To make yeah. some money, preferably more than you have to spend to make it. So eventually you might have to bring it back to to sales. And you can't do that, again, going back to our predicting outcomes episode, if you haven't built a funnel or some model of how people get from consuming your thought leadership to then buying something, preferably in a way that allows you to track the connection, which mm-hmm. might be as simple as just asking them, right? And the vendor that says, how did you hear about us? And then specifically, did you hear about this and that, or it shows up in your, the fact that they consume the leadership thought leadership shows up in your digital data because you have website tracking and whatnot. So there are ways of doing that. And although it's never going to be a hundred percent precise, I think it's good enough to do what we said at the outset of the episode, which is that you measure your thought leadership efforts and show incremental revenue increases because of it.
0: Yes. Show how your thought leadership is effective. What is its efficacy?
1: Yeah, I think. this is all I have for today. And Ash, I'll promise this will be the last sort of measuring and, and outcome stuff. We have... Um, we bit have bit because it feels like we yeah. had multiple of those in a row. It, is, it was important and we I did get a couple of discussions still, even over our, uh, the little follow-up we had there on the actual predicting outcomes. It's still a topic that seems to be interesting to people or people seem to be struggling with. So yeah. there you go. That was measuring thought leadership. The idea is think of it a little bit like brand advertising. That means you are concerned with establishing stuff like mental availability, your firm name and the specific context of your expertise. And then maybe what the brand guys call brand salience, right? Mm-hmm. The Your firm name coming up when I think about buying a specific solution, right? And if you could do those things, then you would drive revenue and all you need to be doing... In order to determine whether you are on track of succeeding is be smart about leading indicators and we discussed using share of voice for example as a proxy for that there yeah. so yeah i don't know hopefully that that. that i think is a good end
0: but i do want to tease our listeners that we've got some interesting ones cooking up for upcoming episodes
1: yes we're going to take ten thousand steps back and look at among other things messaging and if you think the messaging heard that a thousand times then, we like Ash said. Well,
0: actually, know. it's quite related to the
1: market. And we have the we audience. Have yeah. We have something there for you. We will have. Before that though, I'm gonna stop the recording, leave people hanging at the cliff. Is that what the ma- cliff is? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a nice Friday out there on the cliff and we'll we'll speak again soon. Have a good one, Ash. Yes. Thanks for listening
0: to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.